Welcome to Fresh Off The Boat. Uh, I'm delighted to uh, chat with Trisha Singh, a student I've known for almost a decade now. It's interesting how uh, her journey spanned out uh, from a high schooler in Delhi to uh, Millbury College in Vermont. A very different landscape and I'm sure a very different uh, pace of life. Uh, Trisha graduated from Middlebury in 2018 and also uh, I'm sure did amazing things in following her work. You'll get to know about that but then is now pursuing her master's in statistics at Stanford University. Uh, it's a one and a half year long program and we'll learn more about that too. So first question Trisha to you is uh, what is it like you know, moving to Middlebury, Vermont from Delhi, and then what happened in terms of figuring out your place in a new setting? Yeah, I think um, this was, so this was in 2014. So my memory is a bit hazy, but one thing I do remember is that um, when I went to Middlebury, that was the first time I'd been to the US and I had only seen uh, places like New York in movies. <laughs> And then when I landed in Vermont, it was this really like rural, um, very, very different from what I had imagined. Um, and it was, it was definitely a huge, uh, huge shock when I landed because um, I think, yeah, I, I had never expected to be in a place like that. And, um, and I, I, yeah, so I think settling into I obviously grew up in Delhi, so I was very used to being in a big city with a lot going on. And uh, Middlebury is kind of in the middle of nowhere. It's actually really hard to get there. Um, but it's so beautiful that I really fell in love with the place. And especially, I think, during those four years of college, I, I think that was the perfect setting for me to be in. Because, uh, you know, just little things like taking walks, looking at the sunset. Um, I would do that every day and it would just complement my education really well. And everyone in Vermont is so nice that um, they really made it feel like home. And did it match your expectations in terms of uh, the academics? Uh, how did you meander your way, use resources and become better? You were also pretty super in high school. So I'm just like figuring out you know, for a very driven student, how would, how would a Middlebury uh, experience, academic experience be like? I think um, at Middlebury, uh, a lot of the departments have a very different culture. So I majored in economics and math. And so some of the departments in Middlebury, in Middlebury even though it is a liberal arts college, some of them are a little bit more professionally focused. So the the economics department is a little bit like that. It's the one of the largest majors and um, the classes are kind of uh, a little bit more, you find a, lo a lot of people in the classes and uh, it's a it's, it felt a little bit more like school that I was used to uh, in, in Delhi. Um, and the math department was a big contrast to that. It was a tiny department and um, there was a lot of focus on just enjoying the material and I mean I did find that in the economics department too but the general atmosphere of the math department was um, you know they'll give us say a, a problem set for two weeks and we just have to think about it for two weeks we're just working on it and uh, you know like we do proofs from scratch so it was a very it was very laid back in a sense because they wanted us to approach it with just 
uh, wanting to learn the material and enjoying the material. So, um, so I did any... find... Yeah, go ahead, complete. Oh, saying? no, I mean, yeah, it was just, uh, I think you'll, you'll find a lot of different attitudes towards learning in the kinds of classes um, uh, that are offered there. Um, but for the most part, it is, it is very supportive in the way uh, the way you learn, the professors really support you. Your classmates aren't that competitive, so it's it's just it's it's a very it's a very friendly learning experience. That's fascinating. What about the idea of choosing majors? I'm not sure if you went decided. I know you were always good at math, uh, and economics, and how did you explore that? Did you have uh, yeah. major decisions to make, or it was all smooth? I think um, for economics, I decided early because I knew that I wanted to do economics going in. But for the rest, I really, um, I really wandered around a lot. So for math, I think I declared in my second year, if I remember correctly, I also explored geography, uh, computer science. So um, it was definitely there was a lot of exploration there. I even thought about being an English lit major for some time and then got annihilated <laughs> in one of the classes I took and realized it wasn't for me. Um, but, but there was a lot of opportunity to explore. And I think even till my last year of college, I was still thinking about what field I want to do really. So yes, how did, uh, you know, many, very often people have this grouse against or do not know that liberal arts colleges do prepare students for so pre-professional tracks or even grad school really well. Uh, and now here you are at Stanford. What do you see is missing in the communication or what people should know about uh, higher ed in general and also the place mm -hmm. of liberal arts colleges like in Bree? Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, you touched upon the, those, those common misconceptions. I think for professional development, for professionally oriented activities and also for grad school preparation, I think a liberal arts college can probably be one of the best possible environments to pursue uh, these things. So in, in college, um, so I, right after college, I worked and I also applied for grad school uh, in my last year of college. So I had both those experiences. And um, professionally, we used to have a lot of networking events. And I think I learned really well how to network in college and because i had that kind of personal mentorship i i really i think i i went from like zero to hundred in terms of my networking skills because of middlebury and then um another thing that you gain professionally is an amazing alumni network they're all very deeply connected to the school so if you if you contact someone who went to middlebury they will definitely get back to you and try to help you as much as they can um, so it's, it's a pretty tight-knit community um, and also you're, you're definitely going to find a lot of companies that come to campus for recruiting, especially in my experience for finance and tech. I saw a lot of uh, big companies coming to campus if that's what Sure. So uh, what, someone if is you were to talk about your journey in terms of even on-campus jobs, mm -hmm. uh, different roles that you played, as well as uh, the internships over the years in undergrad, in your undergrad mm -hmm. years, what was it like? And if, and then how did it make you decide what you're doing now, uh, master's in statistics? Sure. Yeah, I think, um, so there are 
two components to this. One is um, the, the job I ended up doing, and the second is my decision to apply to grad school. Um, so I'll give a brief overview of what I did, and then I can kind of talk about um, what helped me at Middlebury and how this came about. So um, I think uh, I have a very bad memory, but I think, okay, so I think my first summer, I worked as a research assistant on campus in the economics department. My second summer, I worked uh, at Evidence for Policy Design, which is a Harvard Kennedy School think tank um, uh, back in Delhi. My third summer, I worked at Analysis Group, which is an economic consulting firm. And then I ended up working at Analysis Group full time. And then after working there for a year, I started my master's in statistics at Stanford, which is what I'm currently doing. So um, I think, so thinking about my first few years, um, my summer internships, I think um, it really helped to have that kind of personal connection with the professors um, and that kind of liberal arts environment. So for my first, I think getting a research assistantship in the first year is something that I would really not expect would happen at a big university um, because at liberal, at especially, I think most liberal arts colleges, you don't have grad students. Uh, because of that, undergrads get to be involved in research quite often. So, uh, I, so I, I was really happy to get that chance. I learned a lot. We were working on this uh, economics, microeconomics textbook, um, and I was doing some research for that. So it was a really good experience. I think just starting out from my first year, I got really interested in research because of the connection I had with my professors. Fantastic. Um, yeah, so yeah. I think uh, it's wonderful to know about your journey, but how did you grow as a person? So switching gears to so personal growth and uh, mm -hmm. spending, finding your uh, mojo in terms of extracurriculars and other things that you started liking involving as being, uh, as well as emotionally becoming stronger, connecting with uh, not just people, but yourself. Mm -hmm. uh, what what activities did you pursue as extracurriculars, clubs, or other things at Middlebury, or even now? Yeah, I think, yeah, I think Middlebury really shaped me um, in terms of uh, the the person I became. So I became a lot more independent. I became a lot more confident, and I think um, because of the kind of undergrad experience I had, I I became much more comfortable with uh, talking to different kinds of people and forming really deep connections with them. So, um, and because of the way, so in our first year, we just, we all used to live on one hall and we would all hang out every night and talk about philosophy, literature. Um, we would play music together. I got, I got, I had, um, I had a band in college, which was really fun. Um, we used to perform at different events on campus. Um, I think that's, yeah, that's, I used to do a lot of that in my free time, go to music events, perform, jam with my friends. Um, and I think I got, oh yeah, I was, uh, I was involved in student government in college. Um, I think, yeah, I, I was very shy in school and, um, being in Middlebury, I just felt kind of like there was this, I had, I had this sort of spotlight on me just because of all the individual attention I was getting. So I got encouraged to put myself out there, run for elections, uh, which was also really fun. 
Fantastic. Um, I'm switching to another question about gender identity uh, and how did those stereotype beliefs that you may or may not have carried to college, how did, how did that change your perspective about being a woman, aspiring to be a leader in your field, involving yourself in things out there? Uh, what, is it, what is different uh, about your experience of finding your place as a woman in a college and beyond? Yeah, I think uh, moving from Delhi to Middlebury, um, I realized um, a lot of the things that I had had found normal in while growing up, like being scared to be out at night and um, just you know feeling paranoid at at, uh, at at random occasions. I think a lot of that started to go away um, because Middlebury is very safe, um, and I would be walking back from the library at. 2 a.m. Um, and I would feel perfectly safe. I would feel so free. I think um, that also kind of empowered me in a way to go traveling solo or uh, just just made me feel more confident because I think that definitely um, intellectually and mentally I always felt very strong but having that kind of physical freedom to do to go wherever I want I think that also really helped me uh, put myself out there more um, and in uh, in college we had this really amazing um, fellowship called bold uh, called bold women's leadership network which was uh, a scholarship plus a mentorship kind of program uh, which was uh, which basically had a cohort of 10 uh, 10 women uh, in I think third year onwards and we would have weekly meetings and we would uh, we we worked on a project for our campus, so that that really helped us. We we would talk about uh, you know any kinds of gender related issues we'd face, or we would talk about how we felt about our identities. And I think that was that was an amazing. Uh, Great. So if if we were to yeah. uh, you know get to know <clears throat> three words that define your strengths what would they be like a rapid fire now uh, oh. <laughs> three, three, three adjectives uh, which you think uh, represent your strengths yeah. i think uh, okay i'm curious uh i'm driven and uh, i am i'm hardworking. great and if you were to reflect on some moments where you made a mistake or you know were sort of down and out because of a failure or something embarrassing during school, college, or now at grad school, what would yeah. you reflect on? What did you learn? Um, let's see. I think um, this, this is, yeah, I think, uh, so in college, I, uh, my first year, I had a lot of trouble getting up for class on time. And I basically missed most of my lectures. Um, so I, I think, um, and a funny story is that for one of my econ classes, I showed up uh, with five minutes left in the lecture and I just ran into class and sat down <laughs> and, uh, and, and the professor was, he just laughed it off. He was like, oh, I'm glad you think my class is that important. <laughs> but I think the bigger lesson there is, um, I think the first year can be really hard to adjust, especially coming in from um, like an Indian education system where you know, everything is very structured, regimented, uh, even, you know, like getting up for class on time and having all that freedom can be very hard to handle. So I would, the bigger lesson is take your classes 
seriously when you start out and show up. Showing up is very important. Great. Now tell us a little bit about Stanford and what is it like? How is it very different from Middlebury? And of course, it's a grad school program. So obviously, it is different in terms of academic input. But in terms of culture, life, uh, and your settling in there, how has it been different? I think, uh, obviously, the big versus small university um, difference is very stark. Um, I, I do, I mean, the department I'm in, the stats department is fairly small. So we have, uh, I think, 30 to 40 other stats master's students in my year in my program. So it does feel kind of small in that sense. But uh, I, the first time I was in a big class, it was, it was 250 students in one room and I was, I was just in shock. Um, so I think uh, coming from Middlebury, you know, where we would be like 10 people just sitting around a table and discussing something. Um, to this kind of a setting was uh, a bit hard to get used to. Um, I think uh, obviously everything here is a little bit more of a struggle in terms of getting, the, getting to interact with the professor or seeking help. Um, but I, I do feel prepared for it because I had that kind of a sheltered college experience that um, I feel more confident now about handling these kinds of situations. Um, and in terms of gender balance, actually, there's quite a bit of a difference. Uh, in my math classes at Middlebury, it was pretty equally distributed in terms of gender, but here um, the gender ratio is pretty skewed. A lot more guys than girls in my classes. And do you see outcomes where people are more focused on tech industries as jobs or even research positions? Uh, is that yeah. already there? Like yeah. Bay, Bay Undoubtedly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the first thing that struck me about this place. Yeah, I think tech is huge. Everyone's doing machine learning, even if you're kind of just at the fringe of being <laughs> interested in machine learning. Everyone here has taken a CS class. Um, so it's very, it's very, very, very tech focused. For me, it's like machines can do the learning. I'm, I'm going to focus on reading. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> well, great. I think, uh, so yes, yeah, so what's next then? What's, uh, what do you think the skills that you're picking up at Stanford, where do you think you'll head? Is it academia or do you think there's some industry um, sort of application towards what you're learning and that's what you're heading towards? I think um, for now I do want to work for a few years, but uh, I, I am definitely interested still in doing a PhD at some point. So I am working towards both. Um, for the summer, I'm gonna intern as a data scientist I feel like that's a really great fit for me, given my background in econ and math, and now that I have all these computational skills. Um, so I'm, yeah, I'm excited to see where this goes. Can you explain what a data scientist does for people who are listening? These could be high school kids or even parents, yeah. uh, and they might uh, be keen to know what that entails. Yeah, I think, so if this happened to me while I was searching for jobs, the word data scientist can mean so much, so many different things. So um, I'll, I'll maybe classify it into two broad things. One is like a, a stats data scientist, someone who uh, basically given some data will try to uh, make some real world recommendations say about a business or about making decisions. And then there's the AI machine learning data scientist who will try to do engineering, who will try to solve engineering problems like looking at an image and helping drive a car or something like this. So 
very broadly, a data scientist is someone who takes data and derives insights from it. Um, but it can it can take very different forms. And data could be of all types, even audio, yeah. videos, anything, pretty much. Yeah, 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 exactly. Analytics. Like you could be, yeah, you could be making music recommendations for people as a data scientist. Super. So uh, I'm sure there's this whole uh, uh, opportunity, world of opportunities waiting for you. Uh, but have you zeroed in on either of the paths? Which uh, side do you would want to go for? Uh, in terms of for data science? Yes. Yeah, I think I'm definitely more uh, inclined towards the stats data science because I do enjoy the kind of applications uh, of, of, of this field where it, it's very, it's very uh, fulfilling to, answer, to be able to answer a problem with the data you're given and actually help people make decisions. So I, I really enjoy that kind of work. Fantastic. So I'm going to move towards uh, closing questions. Uh, and this is more to do with uh, college applications and advice you could give high school students, particularly at this time when there's so much confusion, even the kids who graduated from high school might have to sit out one semester or we don't know how long mm -hmm. actually. Uh, but if you reflect back on the entire application process, what is it that you would do differently if you were to start again? as a high schooler? I think um, a, a lot. <laughs> I, would, I would probably um, try to enjoy the experience. And uh, instead of doing things for the application, I would, um, I would try to you know, really, really engage with the things that, um, that I was doing in order to apply for college. And I think, uh, yeah, like because you are going to be spending that much time working on these things, so it really helps to to love the things that you're doing. So even if it might seem like, um, if it's just a hobby, like um, painting or something like that, like just just um, don't don't discard the things that you think may not look good on paper. Super. So yeah, follow your passion. Don't just look at the application. Uh, what about uh, different parts of the application? Do you think you uh, would have done even the college essay differently uh, or did your college research in a different way? How did, yeah, how for did sure. <laughs> um, I think my, my application is a little bit last moment. So, um, I mean, you guys helped me so much. I really don't think I would have gotten into <laughs> Middlebury if it wasn't for you all. Um, but I would, I would say starting early is really helpful. And um, for essays especially, uh, probably just starting at least a few months in advance and really thinking about it. Um, I think the way I approached it was a little bit like, okay, I have to write this essay. Let me just see what I can do. But it would be, it, it, it will be a really nice introspective experience for a high schooler to answer those questions, I think. Um, but, but yeah, nothing wrong with being very strategic about it, but, but it is nice to have a balance there. Yeah, so keep being authentic, but also knowing yeah. what are the two, three things you stand for and uh, representing yeah. those uh, with passion in your application would be obviously a good thing. Uh, now about the situation that we are in, in, uh, COVID, in COVID times, uh, there's a lot of stress and disappointment for even the college graduating class of 2020 or even the high school graduating class and confusion. Uh, how do you deal with uncertainty? Can you reflect on your past experiences and say, okay, hey, you know, this 
could be it. Like, this is how you can get help or this is how you can cope mm-hmm. with things which are beyond your control. Yeah, I think, um, obviously, you know, it, it, it's always, um, it causes a lot of anxiety when you make plans and they don't pan out. But um, it helps me to kind of feel like I am a little bit in control of where my life is going. So I usually, when I plan for something, I will have two or three other things that I would also be happy doing if it doesn't work out. So, um, so that, because even, even if you may not, even if your first choice may not work out, you, there will be other things that will make you happy. So it's always good to have that in the back of your mind. And um, when I look back at my journey, um, there was, I've, I've had a pretty wandering path through uh, figuring out what I want to do. And um, no one really has a linear path towards doing what they love. So it's anyways, there is going to be some sort of randomness in your path. Um, it can either be self-induced or externally induced well said Um, yeah if you were to uh, now think about a situation where the world goes back to what it was like pre-covid what are the two or three things you would definitely want to do for fun for your (laughs) emotional well-being yeah so so something for Um, even getting or whatever so yeah mind body and soul what would you do to feed and grow <laughs> yeah i think um i think i had a very bad habit of canceling plans at the last moment i think i'm never going to do that again i'm if, if i if a friend invites me to something i am going to go <laughs> because now i see its value um but uh, yeah it's, it's actually nice that um to be able to get some fresh air right now but i, w- I would go out a lot more and just enjoy the weather outside or sit under a tree or something. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. So thank you so much, Risha, for a, a kind of a very genuine conversation, the honesty and, and the growth, uh, the journey that you've had so far. Look forward to following your success. We are also organizing several panels and uh, small group sessions. Uh, these are intimate Calling them webinars sounds a little odd because these are really small 20, 25 students attending and then two or three people sort of having that conversation with them. Love to invite you for different panels. Uh, and so I'll send you invites soon. Looking forward to staying in touch. Bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>